The Lord be with you. And also with you. Welcome to worship on this Lord's Day, the second Sunday of Advent. We apologize, we've had a few technical problems this morning, but we believe we've gotten enough corrected that we can bring this to you, um, and hopefully you'll be able to worship with us uh, at your convenience here in just a little while. We are excited about the service of Lessons and Carols, which is coming up next Sunday. That will be a live stream only, uh, so we'll have that service via live stream. We will not have the outdoor worship service this next Sunday. And be looking for information about the upcoming service of light, which you'll hear more about in just a few minutes. We had a a wonderful uh, carol sing yesterday at the church uh, with uh, great leadership. We enjoyed very much being in the parking lot and thank everyone who helped uh, put that together for us. And now let us join hearts and minds as we continue to worship Almighty God.
please join me in our call to worship. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. The opening hymn. Watchman, tell us of the night what its signs of promise of Advent are. Traveler, what a wondrous sight. See the glory, beaming star. Watchman, does its beauteous ray news of joy or hope foretell? Traveler, yes, it brings the day, the promised day of Israel. Watchman, tell us of the night, for the morning seems to dawn. Traveler, shadows take their flight, doubt, terror, now withdrawn. Watchman, you may go your way, hasten to your quiet home. Traveler, we rejoice today. For Emmanuel, God with us, has come. Please join me in our prayer of the day. God of peace, you promised comfort for your people and peace for the land. By your spirit, fill us with your shalom that we may worship you fully and give glory to your name. Through Christ our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. On this second Sunday of Advent, we light the candle of peace. Let heaven and nature sing. We dare to light a flame of peace, a flame that spreads the light of comfort for all God's people. 
a flame that prepares the way of peace, that is to say, the way of the Lord, a flame that lifts up the valley, that flattens the mountains, so that all can see the way of peace together. In daring peace, let us proclaim, and heaven and nature sing. Let us pray. God of peace, come to us with the might of Christ, who taught us that strength of peace. Come to us, gently lead us, gather us as lambs in your arms, Carry us close to your heart that we may know true peace. Peace on earth as it is in heaven. All God's people would say together, Amen. Let us hear the candle verse for this second Sunday of Advent. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angel, their great glad tidings tell, O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. We know that we have sinned before God and others, yet we also know that if we confess our sin, we can be restored to a right and just standing before God and others. Let us therefore confess our sin, trusting God's promised mercy. Merciful God, you come to us in Christ, asking us to acknowledge sin, turn to you, and receive the forgiveness and peace you offer. We confess that our pride keeps us from receiving your peace, failing to understand the depth of our brokenness and our need for your mercy. Forgive us our pride, Holy One, and give us the courage to repent that we might receive the only comfort we can know in life and in death, we belong, body and soul, to you. Friends, hear the good news of the gospel. God's grace is stronger than any pride or fear that may hold us in their grip. God's grace liberates us, freeing us to live in love and compassion. Thanks be to God, who in Christ empowers us to live fully and freely.
would invite all of our children to pay special attention during our time with the young church. So like we have talked about already a little bit this morning, this week, the second week of Advent, is the week that we talk about peace. Now, if you'll remember, when we are all in person in the sanctuary, normally during worship, we pass the peace to one another. But right now, things are a little bit different. But we are all still working for peace, though. So I want to invite you to take a second, wherever you are, to turn to someone next to you and tell them, the peace of Christ be with you. The peace of Christ be with you all. And as we go into this Advent season, we remember that Jesus is coming to bring peace to the world. And peace can look like a lot of things. Big things, like not having wars, and small things, like maybe having some quiet time by ourselves. And that's what our passage from Isaiah is telling us about today, that God gives us comfort and peace, even in the very hardest times. Now, we all have something that we can do to be working for peace. So I want you to be thinking this week about this question. I wonder how I can help make peace for myself and my family this week. How can I help make peace for myself and my family this week? And this is a great question for all of you to be talking about tonight over dinner, too, that you can all share some ideas together. So I invite you to think about that this week, and together let's pray now, and you can repeat after me. Dear God, dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus, who brings peace to the world, who brings peace to the world. Help us to be peacemakers. Help us to be peacemakers while we wait for him, while we wait for him. Help us to follow you. Help us to follow you every day. Every day. Amen. I invite you to join us now in our prayer for illumination. God of peace. Grant us vision to see your spirit, alive and at work, opening our eyes to your will and way in this text. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen. And our reading today is from the Old Testament, from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. Listen now for the word of God. Comfort, O oh comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord and make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. 
The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up. Do not fear, says the cities of Judah. Here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Years ago, I ran with a team from our church, something called the Ragnar Relay. It's a 12-person team race from Chattanooga to Nashville. Uh, You run it as a team in relay fashion, and everyone runs about three or four legs of that 135-mile journey. I was assigned a four-mile leg deep in the night, around 2 o'clock in the morning, somewhere on the boundary between Murray and Williamson counties on a rather lonely highway. All I could see in front of me was what was illuminated by my headband lamp. Fuzzy and frosty breath was helping me not be able to see even that very well. And each time I turned to the side, all I could see was the reflected glow of eyes staring back from the woods all around. All I could hear were my feet on the pavement, except for that one time when a fellow runner who was dressed like Elvis raced by me and said, thank you, thank you very much. This remains the closest thing I have ever experienced to the loneliness and isolation of a physical wilderness. In the wilderness, Isaiah says, prepare the way of the Lord. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. We begin in the wilderness this Advent, that place where we are most conscious of our vulnerability and our complete reliance upon God. And we've done such a good job of shielding ourselves from the wilderness in the modern world that it's hard to imagine for many of us the emotions that are evoked by a stark landscape, exposure to the elements, 
wild animals, expanses of nothingness. Most of us will not experience those kinds of things very much, if at all, in our lifetimes. And I don't know about you, I'm not that interested in observing those things in my lifetime. I prefer my advent and my experiences of God much as I prefer my football games to be comfortable in a recliner, perhaps reading a devotional, and that's it. Several years ago, my friend John preached on this text and reminded me of the very beginning of Handel's Messiah. He wrote, I especially love the first words where the tenor makes his way to center stage and finally sings, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. And then he moves into, Every valley shall be exalted. Many of you have heard those words sung in this place. I love those opening words, but those aren't really the first sounds you hear in Handel's Messiah. That's not how Messiah begins, because Handel knew that John and Isaiah before him spoke to those in the wilderness. And so the Messiah doesn't begin with the voice, it begins with the overture from the wilderness. The beginning of Messiah is this lone organ playing a tune that evokes rugged mountains, crooked paths and high unscalable mountains and dark unreachable valleys. Something I imagine our new organ will be able to evoke for us very soon. If we want to understand Isaiah's poetry through the voice of John the Baptist, as he proclaims this same text, then we've got to know that this poetry only makes sense in the context of the wilderness. The people of Israel in exile have spent generations in the wilderness, captive to other nations. They experience surely feelings of hopelessness and despair, discomfort, even God-forsakenness. It was easy to forget in their exile that God's covenant, a covenant that God declared would never be broken, it was easy for them to forget that. God had delivered them from Egypt, leading them through the wilderness to the promised land. Isaiah knows that in the wilderness they had gained their identity as children of God and that no exile could ultimately separate them from God. And so Isaiah reminds them of who they are. Comfort. Comfort my people. In one of his prayers, Old Testament professor Walter Brueggemann looks at the world groaning for redemption and exclaims, No wonder there is fear, reams of despair, and acres of weeping. He goes on to ask God to help us who feebly watch and wait to weep while we wait and how to hope while we weep 
and how to care while we hope. To weep while we wait. To hope while we weep. To care while we hope. That is Advent. Advent begins in the pain and loss of the wilderness, in the barren places, in the darkness, and suddenly, unexpectedly, God breaks in to set things right. But to cling to that hope as we wait and weep means to go against everything that surrounds us. It is to affirm against all evidence to the contrary that there is a reason to trust in God. The late poet Anne Weems, a friend of our congregation, upon the death of her son, penned some lines in which she pours out her heart in lament to God. And in a way, she captures what many of us feel this particular advent. She writes, I stand at your empty table, O Holy One, and ask to be fed. But there is no bread, no wine, no priest. Is there no one to minister to me? Is there no place at your table for damaged hearts and scarred souls? Do you not invite everyone who believes? I believe, O God. I believe. In spite of an empty table, I believe. In spite of those who laugh at me as I wait for you, I believe. In spite of the evidence to the contrary that they scream in my face, I will stand at your empty table and wait until you come, your arms full of bread, the wine splashing as you walk. Come, O Holy One, and feed me. Until you come, praise Weems. And the grace of Advent is that we are invited to prepare for that coming. Even especially in a time of wilderness, a time of pandemic and disruption and division, to prepare. When you light candles week by week and pray and sing, you are preparing. When you train your eyes, and it is a training in many ways, to see God at work in the wilderness, you are preparing. When you trim the tree and deck the halls and wrap the gifts, you are preparing. When you lament and weep and long and look, you are preparing. When you stand and march and lift your voice, you are preparing. When you listen and love and give, you are preparing. The ministries of this church throughout the season of worship, study, and service are preparation. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make the Lord's paths straight. That's what we are all about. The lifting and the leveling. The straightening and the clearing. The building of a highway of prayer and praise and anticipation. But the beating heart of this text, I believe, turns on the word see. Verse 
See, says Isaiah, and then he describes the one for whom we are preparing. See, the Lord God comes with might, an armed warrior, ferocious power and weapons at the ready. This God can and does bring justice and peace by the sheer power of God. But then, notice again, the God who moves at the head of this procession feeds the flock like a shepherd, carries the sheep in God's bosom, gently leads the mother sheep. God is both powerful and tender, warrior and nurse. And so we are comforted in the wilderness by the powerful, gentle God whose power is God's gentleness. And we hear the cadences, do we not, of the one who will say, Come to me, all you who are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and in me you will find rest, rest for your souls. And so whatever wilderness road you may be traveling this morning, the light from your headlamp, the only illumination you can find, the road scary and vulnerable in front of you and uncertain, hear these words. Let them guide your preparation for the powerful and gentle God who surely is coming and indeed is present. Comfort, O oh comfort my people. Let us hear it, walk in it, and speak it to a weary world longing for peace. Amen. Now I invite you to stand and join us as we affirm our faith together using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. As always, I want to remind you to look at our church prayer list that we include in the order of worship each week. These are members of our community of faith and those they love. Us to lift into God's light and be in prayer throughout the week. So I encourage you to use that throughout the week. And as we turn now to God in prayer, 
for our community and our nation and our world, I want to acknowledge that this is a season of paradox. We are filled with joy as we anticipate the celebration of Christmas, but we also are filled with pain and sorrow. The holidays remind us of loved ones who blessed our lives here on earth, but who are now seeing God face to face. We all long to be celebrating Advent together in this sanctuary, sitting side by side in the pews and celebrating Christmas with our family and our normal traditions. But thankfully, our faith holds room for all emotions. And I invite you to join us for our live stream service of light on December 20th at 5.30 here in the sanctuary. We will all light candles wherever we are. And as we lift our prayers into God's light, we will be asking God to lighten our darkness. I hope that you will make time to join us on the 20th. Now I invite you to join me as we pray using the response, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, give your attention to us as we again seek to prepare the way of the Lord on our Advent journey. You are always coming to us. Help us to prepare your way in our lives and to announce your coming in love to others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, hear our prayer for those rough places in our lives and in the lives of others that we name before you. Fill the valleys with your light. Level the uneven paths with your grace and grant that your spirit might so move us and others that your saving presence might be visible to all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy God, on this second Sunday of Advent, this day which celebrates your peace, help there to be peace in our lives, peace in our churches, and peace in our world. We pray that you would grant wisdom to the leadership of our local communities, our states, and our country, that they might discern a path forward in these perilous times. Indeed, grant all of us wisdom and courage for the living of these days. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of all, we pray for the world of nations, including our own, as we continue to grapple with a relentless pandemic. We pray especially for the vulnerable among us, for medical professionals and staff, for essential workers, for parents with school-age children, for the elderly, and for those with pre-existing health conditions. Help us to live responsibly in ways that protect the well-being of others. We pray for all who are grieving the loss of loved ones during these difficult days. We ask for a deep sense of your presence and for healing for all on our prayer list and to those we name now in the silence of our hearts. 
Be in the midst of all Stephen minister relationships and with those known only to you, O God. Make of us, we pray, reflections of your goodness and grace to those most in need of your mercy and love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of life, with thanksgiving we remember before you those saints who bore witness to the light. Today we especially remember Dorothy Risen, who was laid to rest yesterday, and Tom Kemp on the anniversary of his death. Grant that we may persevere in the faith to which we have been called, and at the end behold your glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Take, O God, what we give and transform it to your glory. Take, O God, what we do and transform it to your 